You're listening to Answers from the Akashic Records, a world of empowerment service from Angel Rose and Ahanu. Well, there's ten bells, and that's our signal to begin. Angel Rose is in the house and ready. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. You're very, very welcome to our session today. This is number 42 of the Open Forum Sessions of Answers from the Akashic Records. I'm going to ask Angel Rose to say a quick few words while I get my notes so we can begin shortly. Good morning, everybody. I hope my voice works today. We are sitting in rain today down in beautiful San Diego, which is for us quite a gift because we need rain. As everybody knows, we've been in a drought for four years now, getting worse. So we woke up this morning to a nice, beautiful rain and a very light wind. So we're very happy today. Our doors are open. We're enjoying the breeze and uh, we look forward to answering your questions today. Getting a little bit of a late start. Hanu's collecting his notes that he needs for today. So don't be shy today about putting your questions in the Q&A part of uh, your computer. And we like to hear all your different questions. They've been absolutely fantastic the last few free sessions we've had. I also want to make an announcement that probably by the end of October, we will be launching our home study, How to Read the Akashic Record Course. We'll be putting an email out pretty soon for anyone who wants to pre-order. Pre-ordering will give you a 25% discount on the price, and we'll be putting that out fairly soon. We thought that we were going to have it ready by the middle of October, but we are making a move to Bend, Oregon to be near our granddaughter. So that's happening mid-month. So we will be um, a little delayed with the opening of the home study Akashic Records course. But we are working on it. Ahanu is doing the finishing touches. And it's going to be fantastic for all of you who can't make physical workshops or are busy on weekends when we've offered it online and have requested another way to learn. So this is our answer to your request. Okay, you're very welcome again. As I say, my name is Ahanu, and on behalf of Angel Rose, I want to welcome you to this Akashic Record session number 42. And our seasoned participants will know the procedures for these sessions, but for our newcomers today, and we do have many from various parts of the world, it's important that I point out that throughout these sessions, Angel Rose is not in a trance, and neither is she channeling through any spiritual or psychic entity, spirit, angel, or ascended master. She is downstepping the answers to your questions directly from source. And many of you are aware that the answers to these questions became the basis for Angel Rose's first book in the 10-book Honest to God series called A Time of Change, which is available from atimeofchange.info. And her second book is called The Nature of Reality, which can be ordered from thenatureofreality.info. And of course, both can be ordered from Amazon.com or requested from most high street bookstores. 
Now, because this session has been recorded, we will not use people's personal names anywhere in the session, and this ensures the privacy of all participants. All participants will receive a copy of the recording free of charge as soon as we have finished rendering it as a download. There is a Q&A tab on the screen. This obviously does not apply to those connected by phone, but is for the benefit of our new participants who are online. And that Q&A is the place to enter your questions. In the event we don't get to all your questions today, we will carry them over to our free open forum session on the first Sunday of every month. And each week, the summaries of the sessions, which we call Profundities, are posted online at worldofempowerment.com allowing people from around the world to benefit from sources, words and profound guidance. And to date we have collected thousands of hours of audio, video and transcripts from these sessions and they are all available to members in the archives of the World of Empowerment website at worldofempowerment.com. Finally, we ask you that once we close the session today, please go to World of Empowerment and leave your comments about your experiences from the session today. And do remember, we also will be doing the Meditation to Paradise Earth at the end of our session today. So do stay to the end for that. And that is something that has been requested by many participants over the months and indeed over the last few years now. And it is enormously beneficial and especially so at this great time of change that we're in. So that's the end of the formal introductions. I'd like now to welcome our very own beloved Angel Rose. All right, I'm going to go ahead and say the prayer now. We actually have multicolored colors in the room today as I'm saying the prayer. We have white and blue and a little red. Uh, And the white has a little bit of yellow around it, so there's a few different colors So it makes me feel that we're going to be addressing subjects on a few levels today as we ask questions. As people know, that blue is always indicative of a higher presence and communication with spirit. Red has to do with things that manifest in the material world. And that white uh, is a pure of attention And that yellow is actually promise. The one I feel today is hope and promise. Yellow feels like hope and promise today. feels very positive. All right, Ahano, so I'm ready to begin. Okay, first question today. And where this is coming from actually is because over the preceding few weeks leading up to our open forum sessions, we do gather questions from people from all over the world And we're finding that in this particular session, they seem to be focused around religion. And our first question, therefore, is what is Source's view of religions in general? All right, hang on a moment. Well, Source is actually saying that all religions can be beneficial if they bring a person into a more spiritual focus. They can be very helpful for people at different stages of development of the soul. You know, when you think of the process of going into a church, for example, and just uh, giving yourself quiet time to commune with the divine, whether there's any ceremony going on or not, those of you who may have just walked into a church and sat down and, you know, maybe lit a candle or just sat there 
and contemplated your life or prayed for something or someone else, those places can be sanctuaries and refuges for people um, in those ways. So what I'm hearing from Source is that they can serve a purpose for people at different levels of development. That's what I'm getting from Source. Our next question. What would the world be like if we weren't influenced by religions? All right, if we weren't influenced. Okay, so give me a moment on that because I just got a flood of information fly by me very quickly. So just a second. Well, you know, Source is saying you would be free. You'd be free of dogma. So let me look at that because that has its pros and its cons from what I'm seeing. On the one hand, the freedom of it allows you to stay connected to your own feelings. In other words, your own particular feeling nature would have a level of awareness that might be much greater than when you're taught something. Because it looks to me that dogma, and I have to qualify this, that Source is saying that some people need dogma. Okay, so I'll go back to that in a minute. But to be free of dogma means that your own sense of being free to communicate with life would be intact. You wouldn't be having any filters. You wouldn't be having anybody, any authority figures to make you believe in judgment, for example. Okay, or tell you that there's only certain ways to achieve higher consciousness or to build your soul. So you would be very free to experience life in a very organic way. And there's a a huge freedom in that is what I'm hearing. But Source is saying we have to understand that the development of a soul is individual for each person. And I, for those who don't remember in these sessions, Source had made a very big distinction between who we are as a spirit being and the soul. The soul, as Source defines it, is something that we build. It's not something that we naturally are. We build a soul body. Okay, by our accomplishments, by our successes, by our, by the purity of ourselves. Okay, when we achieve those things. Strength, the, the soul seems to get built on virtues and upon test and challenges and how you respond to those. So there's a there's a uh, an achievement of higher virtues that builds a strong soul presence. Okay, so because of that, source is telling us that there are some souls that are very undeveloped and those particular souls may need some sort of well, I'm going to use the word authority figure, but I'm not using it in a domineering way. You know, they may need guidance from other sources to kind of steer them in a particular direction or give them a little bit of information that wiser people might have achieved that might help them stay on the right path. So in those instances, dogma can be a positive thing in the beginning, okay? Can you talk to us about the pagan influence behind the Catholic religion in particular? 
All right. Well, source is basically showing me pagan slash goddess because they seem to be the same. So hang on now. Well, it's going to the feminine principle and basically saying that for many, many thousands of years on the earth, before there were any patriarchal religions, it was all feminine. It was basically based on goddesses, goddesses being the primary creative energy for life on this planet. They were very matriarchal, so they were there were no wars. You know, I remember somebody we know who is trying to bring Hawaii back to sovereignty. His journey is to bring back the the matriarchal principles back to Hawaii so that it can have a time of no war again. So they were, they honored, the goddess religions honored nature. They actually honored the life force principle and everything is what I'm seeing. And they celebrated it. There was a lot of celebration to nature, actually. And they found healing in nature. They honored the sun and the moon. Basically everything that we see is, is natural, is what the pagan religions including the sun and the moon and the planets and the stars. Okay, now they may have made up little gods and goddesses to represent these things, but they were in tune with the life force energy throughout nature, that the power that is in nature, that is God, actually expressing itself on this planet. One of the ways. Okay, so sources distinguishing it before the Catholic religion, which is patriarchal, Sources wanting us to know that the pagan religion was matriarchal. It was a lot more cooperative, a lot more honoring of all life everywhere. It's making that distinction that things were more peaceful when those religions were in place. The goddess religions. Are all belief systems about God made up by man? That's a good one, Hannah. Well, sources saying not all. And the reason sources saying that is because there have been people who have had a direct experience of God. And those writings are written down, somebody's experience or how they achieved an awareness of God. So some of them are based on people's actual experiences of their connection to source or, or to God. Okay, now... That's true of some. Others are made up. Others are, people would take an experience somebody had of God and turn it into a dogma and turn it into that this is the only right way to believe in God. So some people's experiences have been taken and distorted by other people and turned into dogmas and religions that are not based on truth. One of the examples Okay, well, we'll, since you're talking about the Catholic religion, we'll use that example for a moment because the Catholic religion was actually created by a lot of old stories. Some of it does incorporate in the Mass, for example, pagan ceremonies. Also, they kind of made up stories about holy men and Jesus because it was about a control over the people back then. So they put this heaven and hell dogma in there. They also put the belief in purgatory, 
which is what they've they've actually rescinded that now and taken it away. Basically said that purgatory wasn't real. They put that in there. They distorted Mary Magdalene and said she was a whore when the truth is she was Jesus's wife. They took things out of the Bible, such as reincarnation and the process of evolving yourself internally up to God consciousness. They took the internal path out of it and made it very esoteric. And a lot of this at the time was so that the church and the Romans would have power. So it became very dogmatic, very authoritarian, very patriarchal. So a lot of distortion and lies in that religion. And any that are really based on telling you that you have to do certain things a certain way, and that that's the only way to achieve a connection with source, anything that has that is not based on truth. Like I say, originally it looks like certain people did have direct experiences or communion with God, and those would be pure experiences, and then others have taken other people's experiences and turned them into dogmas for their own particular purposes. In general, Angel Rose, have religions helped our evolution or hindered it? All right, well, we addressed that a little bit somewhat already in the sense of source saying that some souls do need guiding if they're young and don't really know how to get on a spiritual path. They can have their purpose and they can be a source of solace for many people as well. Okay, but in general, you're asking me in general, source is giving me a no. No, they haven't really. And precisely the reason is, is because it's an exoteric system. And the real religion is ourselves developing our inner nature. And that is journeying up through our chakra system, purifying our chakras, getting that spiral kundalini, getting it moving into the central column of our spine instead of having this dualistic wave that's going on. It's about our own personal enlightenment physically, changing our bodies, overcoming death, achieving enlightenment through the pineal gland. Basically, true religion is a personal mystical path where we find the God within ourselves in all the abilities that that embodies. It is not about praying to an external source. It is not about pleading and begging and asking for things, really. And that's not to say that people don't need help periodically, but in relation to the question you're asking, Source, about in general, in terms of the personal evolution, religions have really caused a lot of fear in people. It's made people doubt their own inner intuition. If their intuition tells them something different than what they're taught, then they're, they have a conflict about it. The whole business of judging and what's right and what's wrong and how you can behave and all of that takes people away 
from their ability to feel internally. Because here's the thing, communion with God is all about a sensitivity to the feelings of life. In other words, everybody's been born with an intuition, been born with a telepathic ability, and numerous other abilities, by the way. But that has to do with clearing away the dogma that's been in the way of you being able to feel at those levels. It's all about sensitivity and feeling. And the deeper you get with that, the more in communion with life you are. And when you're in communion with life, then you're starting to know God. So any religion that's got all these rules and regulations and uh, those especially that lower or degrade women, all of those are distortions and they people can be involved in those their whole lives and people make their own identities about their religion so that they're afraid to do anything on their own that might give them advancement of any kind. So in general, the question is no. They have not contributed to the evolvement of the human being. Our next question, Angel Rose, what about the yogic way to enlightenment? That's a good question now. Sources say that if you're using that as an internal path, certain types of yoga are very internal. I think Kriya Yoga is one of those that is actually about the mystical inner path. All of those could be greatly beneficial. Just be aware of any gurus who are too dogmatic. Okay, that's the only caution that Source is giving me. The yogic exercises and meditations should be very personal. They're good techniques. They do achieve the journey through the chakra system. They do achieve enlightenment in that way when you use them that way. So it can be a wonderful path, actually, a wonderful internal path. But what I'm hearing Source say is just don't buy into the fact that you have to be devoted to a particular guru for your whole enlightenment. And again, I'm qualifying that. Because they're saying, we're not saying there are not times when people don't need a guide or guidance or somebody of a higher nature to save you from maybe mistakes that you might make as you're young in your spirituality and you're developing. Those teachers can be very beneficial. All right, but just don't believe that you have to have this dependence and permission from a guru for your whole entire journey. That's where the distortion comes in. My scribe is furiously scribing next to me. He looks very handsome today, everyone, by the way. He's got a vest on and a sharp shirt on, and he's looking very serious. It's just as well that we don't broadcast this as live streaming, Angel Rose. <laughs> Excuse us for that uh, little diversion into the ego for a moment. (laughs) Years of research, thousands of profound statements, hundreds of sessions, miles of transcripts, 
months of listening, a vast archive of personal power and spiritual awareness awaits you. Join worldofempowerment.com today, a members-only website of practical spirituality for your fast-changing world. worldofempowerment.com Okay, back to the task in hand. We have another question coming up, Angel Rose, and it is about the human being again. Now, while I have the microphone, can I just say, please understand that these sessions, and especially this one, is not intended in any way to be Bible bashing or religion bashing in any way whatsoever. These questions are being driven by people who are seeking to know, in general, what's going on, where we're at in terms of our overall spiritual growth and development. And uh, many times we have said it in the past that whatever you believe, it's obviously right for you in the moment, wherever you are on your spiritual development. So this doesn't mean change everything, throw everything out, throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. Not necessary. Every tradition, every myth, every culture has its benefits for mankind. It leads me to our next question about the human being. What would the human being be like without these outside influences? The human being... Aren't we an interesting species? Let me ask Source about that. So I'm seeing all these colors when we ask this question. Beautiful beams of color coming down. And when you say, what would the human being be like without these influences of religion? I'm feeling we would be receiving enlightenment and information directly. Because, again, these columns of light that I'm looking at feel to me that they are information and they are enlightenment and they are naturally available to all of us. So the human being would be in a more direct relationship with the cosmos and with higher energies. There wouldn't be anything in the way. And I think I'm predominantly keep going back to the solar plexus. I keep being shown the solar plexus predominantly that when we get filled up with dogma, now I want to include any kind of dogma, by the way, anything your parents teach you, anything your teachers teach you, any sort of dogma, not just religious, any sort. What it seems to do is block the sensitivity of the solar plexus. And I'm going to say the heart chakra is included in this, and so is the navel chakra. That whole area looks like it achieves filters or blockages. Imagine the nerve network in those places becoming dull or closed off. Because the more stuff you're fed that isn't based on a direct connection to life, the more that you achieve, the, the number you get, the less sensitive you become to other energies. So the human being, if it wasn't programmed, let's just say, with all this stuff, would have a more open relationship with the cosmos and with life. It wouldn't have its sensitivity ruined. Again, its feeling body would be intact. Also, on the mental level, it wouldn't be siphoning off experiences. 
In other words, the way it is now, once you're filled with dogma, we have a filter that goes on when we have an experience that says, well, this fits into what's okay with reality and that doesn't and I have to shun that thought and I can have this thought and, you know, so it does mess with your brain's ability to transmit information between higher energies or higher frequencies and yourself. So dogma basically clutters the lines is really what I'm seeing. Are we as a species destined to always have hierarchy? Well, okay, so Source again is making a distinction. It's going back and reinforcing the fact that there are times when we do need some guidance. What that means, though, is true guidance would be a higher guide who would lead you into your own God presence. You know, somebody who would kind of put the responsibility for you being a creator back to you. That's a true guide or teacher. A true guide or teacher is not going to be condemning you. It's not going to be judging you. It's not going to be telling you anything negative to do. It will only encourage your own personal strength and power as a God presence. That's what a true guide does. It brings you back to the fact that you have a hand in creating the way you see, the way you feel, different things that, that go on with you and happen to you. Okay, a true guide does that. So well, do we need to be reminded of that by a higher presence? Yes, we do. Because we've all fallen prey to a dependence and a belief in our own weakness and ineffectiveness. So, yes, you do. Now, that's very different than a hierarchy that is basically different levels of acceptance or permission. Those sorts of hierarchies do need to be kind of done away with because what we see up the levels of hierarchy, they're like graduation steps. And why I use the word permission attached to them, because most people who pray to hierarchical presences, there is an element of acceptance in, in that whole thing. There's a level of, you know, you have to achieve, you have to earn, you have to do this and that. And permission to access different levels and all of that stuff some hierarchy can be very dogmatic and set themselves up as an authority over people. So you have to be really discerning when you read books like that. You have to really filter through and make sure you're only listening to the things that affirm your own divinity and your own God presence. Now, not everyone is at the level where they are their own divine presence. This is why I'm telling you that, you know, in a sense, yeah, we're on a path of unfolding and awareness and development. We develop a soul body. We build ourselves, okay, until we remember that we're there. And there's a difference between having an understanding in your consciousness of who you are at a higher level and actually being it energetically. 
So this is the reason we we have to filter or undo all of these ego things we've been taught. Because you don't arrive at a loving presence and a true loving being unless you purify all of the crap, basically, that you've been taught. Hierarchy in the sense of beings that are higher than you, that make you adore them or plead to them, we'd be better off without those. Those are distortions of authority. But do we need higher guides to remind us of who we are and to help us develop that? Yes. So will there be a time when there's no hierarchy? Well, I hope there's a time when there's no distorted hierarchy. I hope we grow to the awareness of our own connection. Okay, but as long as we're young in our consciousness, we do need higher presences to remind us where we're going and what we need to develop. Our next question, Angelos, is it true that humanity naturally degenerates like in the book and film Lord of the Flies? Oh, Lord of the Flies, where those young men didn't have any authority figures. Is that what you're talking about? They were just left alone on the island to fend for themselves. Okay, and, and it turned into a bit of violence and chaos, didn't it? Okay. So, repeat the question now to me. Yeah, what this participant wants to know is, is that the natural state of humanity? In other words, without guidance or without dogma or hierarchy or religions or without a teacher of any kind, does the human condition naturally degenerate into that kind of violence and chaos? Okay, well, Source is saying no, not necessarily, because it's all about survival. You know, when if somebody's completely left on their own, they've got no guidance whatsoever, they will have to learn to fend for themselves. And we have to remember that when people are on this planet, and it's a physical planet, it's a planet where your survival is very much up to, you know, if you have enough to eat, if you have shelter and food. Okay. So there is an aspect in us that is naturally in survival mode. Okay. Which will want to take care of itself first. Okay. Now you could have some violence and competition when people are in that particular state. However, that will eventually move to cooperation. And the reason it does, you know, it goes from individual survival perception to group cooperation because there's a realization that you get more done with group cooperation than you do by yourself. So it would develop into group cooperation and then from there, once the survival needs seem to be met and that's kind of taken care of, the work's taken care of for survival, then people are free to kind of graduate to other higher levels. But no, it is not a given that people would naturally fall into degeneration. So I think with that movie, I think one guy ended up being quote unquote the leader, that that can happen when people feel that they're weak and feel that they need somebody else to guide them. So it can happen when people fall into that, but really the natural higher evolution from that would be group cooperation. 
our next question is about our individual capability. Are we capable as individuals of evolving our own biology and our own consciousness? All right. Well, we've talked about that too. And yes, we are very capable of it. Let me ask about our own biology because that seems to be interesting question. Okay, just a moment. See, what Source is saying is, yes, we are, as long as we're not under threat. And I think that's an important thing that Source is saying, because if a person doesn't feel threatened, in other words, if they're comfortable with their survival and their environment, and they feel safe in those surroundings, then their minds will be creative. What that means is their common sense would be intact. The ability of the brain to receive and transmit higher information, solutions to problems, for example, an awareness of what to choose in terms of food or what to choose to eat, how to nurture nature, how to, you know, make it all natural without poison. Those things are organic common sense in every individual who's healthy. It's only when you're not healthy that you make choices that are destructive. You know, we are capable of having a true organic brain that receives common sense solutions, which is are naturally harmless and for the good of all, which would develop our own biologies. That consciousness would naturally do that. So we're very capable of doing that. But when we're under threat, which is where the majority of the population still is, it's in fear mode. It's fearful of its survival. It's fearful of its day-to-day existence. It's fearful about love. It worries about being physically touched. There's fear around that. You know, whether you have it or you don't have it or if somebody threatens your biology. So we live in a world that actually keeps us in defense consciousness. And as long as you're in defense consciousness, you're not going to receive a higher order of answers and solutions. Okay, because again, the network's scrambled. The nerve network is on high alert. It's fried. So it's not working in an ordered way. So when we talk about having an acidic condition, That's what fear consciousness is. It's an acidic condition that prevents us from relaxing enough, from being able to receive higher knowledge. Okay, so that's where the majority of the population is. What influences predate the religions and the goddess cultures? In other words, what was around first when mankind was first on the planet? Okay, before the goddesses, let's see if I can go back that far. What I'm looking at is uh, wonderful light beings who were here, male and female in their energies, perfectly balanced, very etheric, not dense physical like ourselves, but very beautiful light beings. Okay, hang on. No dogma at all of any kind. Not goddess, which is still a dogma, by the way. 
not feminine, not matriarchal, not patriarchal. I don't see a division in those two principles. Now, I'm seeing interesting, a lot of crystalline structures connected to these beings. It's almost as if they still carried or had within them the original divine matrix intact, crystalline structure of themselves. Talking about a crystalline pattern now, not necessarily hard crystals like we think of. And there were large groups of them who were here to develop colors on the planet. Like, again, I'm going back to these color beams, these color rays seem to have been very important in establishing different kinds of life here. So that's what was here before. It was a collective of light beings, cooperative, developing uh, life here. And not necessarily solid forms. It was more, I see them catalyzing chemical reactions so that life could be achieved. And a lot of celebration and praise to the creative force. Can Source give us an assessment of the human race as it stands right now at this point in our history? Oh, yeah, they asked that question, didn't you? Okay, hang on. Source's assessment of us, I have to be very careful here because Source definitely doesn't judge, but because you asked its opinion, okay, it basically feels that we're all still very much tied or codependent upon other people molding us and telling us how to be. So in a way, Source would consider us still very immature or childlike in comparison to a being who has achieved God actualization. We're still worried about our survival. We're still competitive. We're still looking out for ourselves more so than a group. We don't share very much. Only within our immediate families would we do that. But as a collective evolvement, we haven't got to the point of cooperation with one another. We still divide and segregate. We still blame. We still believe that we're victims. We still believe we're powerless. We still think we have to follow insane rules. So Source says right now we're still in a state of fear predominantly about ourselves. We're always trying to figure out how we're going to survive better. In terms of sharing and cooperation and going to that next level, we're not there as a group. Okay, we're not looking out for ourselves or life or the planet in a nurturing way collectively. Okay, so it still considers us immature And in some cases, mindless in the sense of our ability to reason and discern what's true and what's not true or what's healthy or unhealthy. And we still need a lot of work in those areas is what I'm seeing. What is the most important thing Source would like us to know about ourselves right now? Well, I feel what Source is saying is give yourself permission to be your own person. 
Give yourself permission to feel what you feel, to desire what you desire, to make changes that you want to make. Give yourself permission to experience life, enjoy life, not just enjoy, but anything that you go through. Give yourself permission to have the experience without any sort of judgment against yourself or another person. All experiences of life have information in them, and they're all valuable, everyone. So allow yourself to not be judging things and casting certain things out before you even know what they're about, because you don't know life. In other words, you don't know what another person is feeling or thinking. You don't know what the trees outside your window as a, as a being are wanting to say to you. you. You know, you don't communicate with life. So source is telling you to drop, drop all the programming. Okay. Drop all the shoulds and shouldn'ts and the measuring of yourself and comparing yourself to this one or that one or drop all of the fear that you don't deserve or that you're not loved enough. Drop all of that and let yourself be who you want to be. And in that, let yourself learn, let yourself have experiences. So source is basically saying the biggest problem here is the way we censor things, the way we make these comparisons and judgments and You know, this is okay for us. That's not okay for us. Oh, I couldn't do that. What would that person think? Or I couldn't go take that class because I already have a a four-year degree. So I have to, you know, I have to stay in that profession because I spent all that money on college where my heart really wants to go do something totally different. Oh, but I couldn't do that. You know, so source is saying, allow yourself to have it be all right. That you can change your mind that you can re-decide, allow life to happen and then put yourself in it, okay? So that's the biggest thing. The source says we have such fear and such conditioning about age, about success, about money, about accomplishment, and we're always measuring and comparing. And we need to stop. Because of that, people don't give themselves permission to explore the things they'd really like to explore. And therefore, they're not connected to life. Usually we try to keep these sessions at around 45 minutes, but as it turns out, we've had such wonderful questions from our participants today that of necessity we have had to split this session into two. So we will finish the recording of this one right here and do check back on our website at worldofempowerment.com where you will find part two. You've been listening to Answers from the Akashic Records, a World of Empowerment service from Angel Rose and Ahanu. To get the profound statements from the Akashic Records in your mailbox each week, log on to worldofempowerment.com.